Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. My name is Sebastian. And I am back in the land of sweet, sweet serenity, <laughs> which is my own home. Oh. Um, I was visiting family and uh, my mum fosters and holy moly, it was a... Uh, it was like living in a mobile circus. It was really mm. quite the experience. Yeah, last week there was a, from what I understand, there was a huge chunk of editing because uh, the, our recording was regularly interrupted by small children who refused to go to sleep. Right. Well, but let's dive into it. We have lots to talk about. There were some things, I can't even remember what we cut out of last week's show, but I'm sure that there are things that... Uh, uh, we did cover that. I want to give an update on this week. But before we get there, how do you feel about IKEA sofas, uh, Sebastian? I would say, actually, I have a story behind this. On the last time I actually had a date, on the second date, I went, we were having dinner near the guy's place, and we went back to his place. And I made it very clear I don't put out on the first three dates. And he was surprised that I didn't put out on the second date. And he's like, oh, I'm surprised. And I'm like, this is a bad thing? He's like, no, it's just most people lie. And you're actually not doing it. So anyway, I noticed his furniture was really nice. Not extremely nice, just nice. And I was like, where'd you get this? And he's like, the brick. And then it occurred to me, there are places that are not Ikea because Ikea is kind of garbage and everyone I know gets everything from Ikea. Now, the thing about Ikea is that their stuff is either ugly or nice, but not very well built. So uh, they have a few pieces that are, are kind of okay. Like they have this like long, low sofa where like the, the seat and the back flip around and it turns into a bed. This weird geometry where there's a whole bunch of flipping involved and I kind of like it. It's, but yeah, no, I have, uh, I have very mixed feelings about their stuff. And every time I see furniture that's not from Ikea, I'm reminded that there's good things in the world. Anyway, that's enough riffing. Clearly, we're not sponsored by IKEA, but if no. you like <laughs> uh, can reach out. But the reason why I bring up IKEA is IKEA Canada tweeted out a uh, an image of um, love seats inspired by different pride flags. Now, in theory, this is just IKEA's sort of imaginative way of engaging with the conversation they are mm -hmm. constantly releasing new designs inspired yep. by all kinds of things so what they did is they reached out to a few different designers and asked them to create versions of their love seat inspired by various flags and holy moly do people ever have opinions on these couches okay um, i think most of the designers were queer in some way Okay. So, I mean, there is there is that. A lot of these couches are a swing and a miss. It is okay. It is pretty grim. I did like the couch that was inspired by the transgender flag because it looks like it has clouds on it, and I think that's kind of cool. Wasn't that one just a couch with a throw cover on it that happened to have the three stripes? N no, I think it's it's more built in than that, and it looks okay. it, it, it looks nice. It's not a bad looking couch, um, but it was the bisexual flag that caused the greatest degree of backlash yeah. people yeah. were really unimpressed and i think this is a conversation about mixed messaging lost context mm. and there's a connection to madonna there that i'm going to touch on oh um, but before we segue to madonna let's focus in on this couch on this so couch. it says when you change or to and Nobody Believes You is written in the back of it. And there's these sort of 3D hands yeah. all over the couch. 
and people have found it quite frankly disturbing well, that, you, uh, that this was the case do you want negative valence political messaging in your living room furniture you know like if you're gonna cross stitch something on and 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 put it on your wall or, or silk screen something and put it on your couch you want it to be something like you're valid you can do it have a nice day yeah, live laugh love <laughs> yeah that kind of garbage that you have on your walls by the way there is no live laugh love on my walls i can i can assure you of that much you did um, have that Chinese scroll that your partner yeah needed. for for a while, and then <laughs> then it got uh, then it got cremated. So <laughs> the interesting thing is that this hideous couch was inspired by the spoken word artist, the sort of slam poet based, I think, in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Linnigan, and it was actually based off of one of uh, one of his poems. Okay, so the actual line is. So the excerpt should have been, it's okay to love boys or girls, but when you change or to and, nobody believes you. So really it's a critique on bi-erasure. The idea okay. that, you know, once you're with a girl, you're no longer gay, or once you're mm. with a boy, you're no longer straight, or whatever your starting gender is in this equation. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was really a critique about how that bi-erasure happens. But what the couch says when you change all to and nobody believes you and it's sort of all the context is is lost yeah and it just yeah. looks almost uh, it looks very problematic the hands are supposed to represent audience interaction you know in in slam poetry people click their fingers and do hand gestures mm. so that you're not you know interrupting the the poem uh, yeah. as it were so it was supposed to be <laughs> this idea of this really poignant statement and by erasure with hands going, yes, 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 absolutely. But what it ended up being was a creepy couch with hands all over it and a disconnected statement written on the back. It was a swing and a miss is what it was. And it's in garish colors that clash. I mean, those are the colors from the rainbow flag. So, I mean, it's, it's, which, Mm. you know. To say blue and red, there's many kinds of blue and many kinds of red. And and that couch is not the the exact tones and 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 they clash a lot more than the flag does but uh yeah it, it's mm, some of the the couches i mean i'm kind of into the 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 general idea of weird interpretations like there's a um early 20th century architect from san francisco named ag rizzoli who would do things like here is the architectural representation of my landlady so it was trying to like, what is the essence of a person or the essence of a concept and incorporate it into like sort of a um, a post uh, art deco architectural design and try to capture it that way. So that kind of art is kind of interesting, but it, it's most people aren't really ready for like, you know, what is the concept of affection as portrayed by a candlestick that's not the kind of thing Mm. that ikea should be putting on its twitter thread because like as much as i'm really into that kind of thing i mean the the weird experimental art side is my favorite wing of every museum ever most people don't really think about things in those terms not to say that people are dummies or whatever it's just it's a very specific line of thinking and if you don't prompt people this is an artist's interpretation of something. It's really easy to miss that mark. So the unfortunate thing here is IKEA had created these range of couches 
that mm. I believe the intention was that they would have in some of their stores as displays okay. with the sort of messaging around them, you know, explaining the background and who designed it and what the thoughts were, etc. Okay. Because IKEA, when you go into IKEAs, there, there are frequently sort of artistic displays made mm -hmm. out of their stuff, yep. made out of, you know, furniture and so on and so forth. So this, oh, I isn't, know. this isn't out of the wheelhouse of what an Ikea does. The problem is they tweeted it out, this picture of these couches. Mm. Some people thought you could buy them. So oh. now everyone is everyone up is lining up to buy these couches that look like they're impossible to sit on for some of them. The rainbow um, one, especially. Yeah. Well, that was the one that cued me that these were abstract concepts and not actual furniture, because it, it's a couch you're not meant to sit on. It's a couch you're meant to contemplate. And when I saw that one, I was like, oh, OK, that's this is not an actual line. These are like artist renditions of the concept of whatever as portrayed by a couch, which I'm kind of into, except you're right. Uh, some of them kind of miss the mark. They don't really do anything. <laughs> I don't know. So some people on Twitter were a bit slow to, to realize why these were made. And someone's like, how would you follow the instructions to build this? So yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really innovative idea by Ikea Mm. To have a conversation about pride that uses IKEA's iconic love seat mm. as a starting point for a discussion about these various things. And the by flag, when you think about the that poem, yep. you know, it's okay to love boys or girls, but when you change all to and no one believes you. Yep. I was like, wow, that is powerful. And I, I think that there can be some really good conversations happening around these couches. It makes you sit and think the the problem is that the moment you integrate writing into something like that it, it's like the old you know uh uh and pip like the the picture this is not a pipe and it's a picture of a pipe mm. so like the moment you integrate text into something you're, you're just sort of spelling it out as opposed to trying to because the other couches are trying to be like abstract representations but the one with actual text on it like you know this is a bisexual political messaging couch like it's yeah it, it's not as impactful as the others. Well, somebody know. said they want to buy two of the couches so that they could have one that says nobody believes you on both on both pillows. <laughs> so it's just, it's just a bright blue and pink couch that says nobody believes you. You know, I would buy that because that's a statement piece is what that is. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, yes, IKEA Canada ended up with uh, a bit of a foot in its mouth over these over these couches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think they actually followed through and displayed them anywhere, but we'll be keeping an eye out to see if we spot them in our local IKEAs. If you see them at yours, don't forget to reach out at TalkCanCrea is how you can find us on yeah, Facebook and Twitter. Let us know if you spot these uh, these terrifying couches. But at the at the heart of it, you know, it was it was nice messaging. I like yeah. that they hired folks who identify with the community to actually yeah. make them um i do think it makes you sit and think but at the same time they should have maybe you start off your tweet contextualizing it yeah because when you lose the context people jump to their own conclusions and it is it yeah. is not a good time i mean and i love the concept of this but like uh years ago i was on tour it, not on tour i was actually at a conference in paris and i i completely skipped over the uh, louvre and went to the musée de pompidou which is like the modern art museum because i didn't 
care about the classics. This is the kind of thing I'm into. And I saw those couches and I was like, ooh, misfire. So, I mean, like, that's that's my take on that. Now, I wanted to, I wasn't going to mention it because it doesn't really fit too much with, with our show. But uh, Madonna has found herself in the middle of a maelstrom of, of, of uh, critique. Is because, this a Lil Nas X uh, thing? Lil Nas X yeah. uh, did a uh, kissed a male backup dancer um, uh, on stage at the BET Awards. Yeah. And it was it was a huge deal because, you know, it was he's an openly gay black man at the BET Awards. Yeah. Kissing another openly gay uh, dancer. And uh, yeah, it was it was a big deal to that community at that time. Yeah. And Madonna tweeted a picture of her kissing. I think it was Christina Aguilera. Um, or Isn't it Britney Spears? It might, no, I think it was Britney. Yeah. Kissing Britney. And then a side-by-side to Lil Nas X kissing this dancer. Um, and she tweeted, I did it first. Now, Lil Nas X has clarified that they are friends. And Madonna was just, you know, ribbing him a little bit. Yeah. You know, been there, done that. Ha, 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 ha. Um, but the big wide world, without this lovely context, <laughs> was like... You know, Madonna, you can't just, it's different. It is It is not the same. You are two straight women doing yeah. it as part of a performance. At the time, it was to create shock and awe. And, well, oh, my gosh. I think Madonna identifies as bisexual. So, I mean, that, but still, I mean, but it was part of the performance. But that was part, that's part of this context that was missing. Yeah. People yeah. are like, oh, my God, you know, rich, white, straight woman tries to take all the credit and then people have had to point out, well, Madonna may not be entirely straight and also mm. has done so much work for the gay community. Oh, yeah. Fight against yeah. HIV AIDS. She's been such a massive pioneer in, in advocating uh, um, for research and work to fight the AIDS epidemic. That um, she's been an, an incredible ally. Mm. Yeah, there was this initial context missing. So oh, people st- kept pointing yeah. out all of the times that she could, took credit for other people's work. And it was uh, it was an awkward five minutes on Twitter. I, I don't know if you saw that. Well, I mean, I, I saw bits and pieces and somebody else pointed out that at some award ceremony or another, I don't know, I barely care about award ceremonies, uh, but Adam Lambert kissed one of his backup dancers and they actually were dating at the time. So if you're talking about like kisses that were not just a performance or that it was just a performance, but it was a little bit more meaningful than Adam Lambert was the first, but like nobody cares because uh, <laughs> award ceremonies are trash and <laughs> I don't know, I barely care. So I mean, I don't know. The, the whole thing was was Twitter drama. It was Twitter drama, you know? Twitter drama should be like, actually it kind of is starting to become a term for something that is like, yeah, it's worthy of a little bit of drama, but not the drama that it's made. Like if someone Absolutely. uses the wrong hot sauce, you know? Yeah, it's it definitely blown out of proportions. If somebody um, uses yeah. Tabasco and they should be using pick a pepper, then uh, that, that's not, you don't, you know, cancel someone over that. You just say, hey, I wanted pick a pepper which is a much better Jamaican hot sauce than Tabasco, by the way. We're also not sponsored by that uh, hot sauce either, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, all, uh, it's all come together. Right, let's shuffle this uh, road, uh, let's shuffle this show on the road, shall we? Now, last right. week, I had mentioned that a lot of places were reporting that Canada had passed a ban on conversion therapy. And uh, I'm sure you recall that I was unbelievably cautious in saying 
that the lower house yeah. parliament had uh, the chamber of commons in parliament had passed the bill banning conversion therapy uh, it's worth noting again that about half of the conservative party of canada did vote against this ban some mm-hmm. of them issued various statements saying, you know, they disagreed with this wording or that wording. Okay. Um, bit of an update there. I think it's worth, there was a really interesting article in the CBC. Uh, it was actually written by Stephanie Taylor from the Canadian Press staff um, about, and I'll, the title is Tory MP fighting gay blood ban says Parliament could have worked better on C6. C6 is the uh, conversion therapy ban. But okay. the reason why I bring it up is because that, that article mentions that Erin O'Toole, the leader of the Conservative Party, has committed to introducing his own version of a conversion therapy ban, should in some, you know, should they somehow um, come back in power. Okay. Um, it's worth noting that most of the MPs, if not all of the MPs who voted against it, were Conservative MPs, mm-hmm. and uh, nearly all of them were socially Conservative MPs out of the Western provinces. Um, so BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is interesting to me, not because I think Erin O'Toole will be responsible for banning conversion therapy. I do not think that is going to happen. Okay. Um, I doubt that he would be able to convince enough of his own party, let alone anyone else, to, uh, to, to gather around it. But I do think it's interesting because this is another example of the Conservative Party of Canada's leadership, as in Erin O'Toole, mm. trying to push forward on some of these issues like banning conversion therapy, accepting that climbing change is an actual thing that's happening. Mm. Um, and uh, there's this pushback from the Conservative base, um, at least out West, against it. Uh, it'll be yeah, interesting find, to see how this moves forward. I find that interesting that you're you're you continuously clarify out west because famously east and west are incredibly different well east west and central that like uh quebec and ontario have one breed of conservatism the west has another breed and then like the maritimes have because i could see like a conservative from the maritimes being like i don't mind the idea but i hate the phrasing you're accidentally including things that you you don't mean to which i i'm sure there probably were conservatives who are like yeah great yeah let's ban this but the, the way you phrase this whoa and that's kind of a traditional conservative thing of being all for something but hating the phrasing um and not hating the phrasing like in quotation marks you know hating the phrasing as a way to like you Luke can see me because we're on camera. He can see me doing the quotation thing. But anyway, uh, as a way of delaying it. But no, they, they genuinely are just like you're accidentally including things. But um, yeah, no, it is it is kind of fascinating that it is all on the West. And this is the kind of thing that this is getting a groundswell. I mean, even conservatives in Europe are all for banning this. So this is the kind of thing it's inevitable. It's just sooner is much better than later. Well, the Northern Ireland, which is unbelievably religious, uh, yeah. you know, it, it is it is thoroughly devout in Northern Ireland. You know, they they're busy they're busy fighting over who is the most religious in right? Northern Ireland. <laughs> um, you know, with that being said, all of the major political parties in Northern Ireland have now joined together in saying that they would push to ban conversion therapy in Northern Ireland. Right. And, yeah. You know, part of that is because the previous, I think it was the DUP leader, fell apart because of so much backlash to not banning conversion therapy mm. and a couple of other things here and there. But it is really this lightning rod that I think is splitting and dividing the right of the political spectrum. 
And the reason why this is interesting now and why Aaron O'Toole's push to make up his own bill um, is so, so interesting is because if an election is called, mm-hmm. you know, LGBTQ voters are looking at who voted against the bill to ban conversion therapy. You know, survivors of conversion therapy are looking who voted against this bill to ban conversion therapy. And uh, it's not looking pretty for the conservatives. So I don't know if this is damage control by Aaron O'Toole um, to commit to making his own. Uh, but it's very hard to believe it would get anywhere when over half his party voted against it to begin with. There is a changing face to conservatism in North America in general, but Canada in specific is starting to look at, um, you know, the, the religious right may have been a failed experiment and we need to move on from that and find some other way of expressing conservatism. Um, sort of like th- there's this move to incorporate classical liberalism and the enlightenment movement as being conservative values instead, which is actually a lot more about autonomy and choice and things like that. Um, but like yeah. the, this is this is the younger generation and currently you still have the older generation in play, although there is, some of it is being led by people in their, you know, sort of the Xers and the late boomers are the first people looking at it going like, I don't think the religious right is the way to go on this. So I think this kind of thing in 20 years will be very different. You'll get a whole lot more, I like this law, but I hate the phrasing and a whole lot less, no, this is corrupting our <laughs> what about society. Activities? Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because there was some conservative critiques saying, look, you know, Trudeau introduced this in October. Mm. If he wants to call an election and kill the bill, that's a, that's a him decision. But at the same time, the Senate, led by conservative Senator Don Platt, said, look, we're not having, we're not sitting to discuss this. It's not where we're on vacation. We're not discussing this until the yeah. end of September. So they've all got their finger in the responsible pie here. And uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that the Liberals took so long to reduce it, the fact that half the Conservative Party voted against it, mm. nobody is coming out squeaky clean, except for maybe the NDP in this one, or the Greens, who didn't have a whole lot, uh, to, you know, a whole lot uh, of Aren't responsibility. Aren't the Greens only holding one seat currently? I think they have two at the moment. Ooh la la. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> they doubled. Um, <laughs> no, no, they, they, they were at three. So, I mean, it's not uh, not a great trend. All right, let's jump to the first song. This is Ladylike. Uh, sorry, this is Prince Charming by Ladylike. Mm-hmm. We shall be back just after this. I finally made it to Friday night. Tired of working overtime. Heading home to a glass of Merlot when the tire had to go and blow. A kind soul and a red Dodge Ram said, hey, need a hand I know I could have changed that spare but I swear I fell in love right there I ain't no Cinderella won't be safe on a fella damn I ain't no damsel in distress while that crowbar was spinning was like a fairy tale beginning from the moment that our eyes first met Old storybooks got it all wrong The 
Heroes never had lipstick on But when where Disney never goes And kissed right there on the side of the Welcome back to Cancri, a home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And my name is Sebastian. I want to recognize the incredible work done by the Anishinaabe folks in uh, the Serpent River First Nation, who held their first Pride Parade uh, for the first time ever this past week. They are located in what is known as Sudbury on Sault Ste. Marie. They have a mm-hmm. population of just 400 people. Um, but uh, it was great to see them have this parade acknowledge the two-spirited folks including their two-spirited uh chief so yeah there is uh this is great and and very very nice to see happening um in first nations across the country so great mm-hmm. work uh congrats over there to the to the uh to the first nation of the serpent river however Last week, we talked about how there was a growing spate of flag thefts, flag burnings and flag thefts and crosswalk um, vandalism. Like I said, I think people have more interesting things to do, but apparently not in Victoria PEI. Okay. Yet again, uh, there was a theft of a number of flags from outside businesses and homes in Victoria PEI. So someone isn't just nicking one flag. They're going around taking down as many as they can see. And that's Wait. that's determination. Isn't Victoria like the Portland of Canada? It's like where the hippies go to eat vegan food and listen to bongos. I'm grossly stereotyping Victoria. Somewhere out there, there's someone in Victoria listening to this. And like one person's offended and the other person's laughing. So, I mean, like, granted, this is a caricature, but like Victoria, seriously, like they, they have a reputation for being like the, you know, the, the peace, love, unity, respect capital of Canada, or at least that's their reputation. Well, yeah, exactly. It was actually interesting because the CBC coverage of it um, did uh, interviewed um, uh, Lagrange and I, I, uh, Alyssa Lagrange, who noted that her dad's take on this is a bit interesting. 
who dance, Alyssa Lagrange's dad's take on this is that Victoria PEI is so accepting mm-hmm. that people have gone out of their way to go to Victoria PEI to take down flags. Like the fact that there is so many of them has ruffled so many, you know, someone's feathers to the degree that they're driving around in a black Dodge caravan and taking them down. And, you know, the the point I think being made is, look, on the whole, we must be doing quite well <laughs> where we are becoming a target because we're too nice. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And it's like, well, I mean, that's a pretty interesting take on the, uh, on the situation here. Um, I am aware that the RCMP in PEI um, are looking into it. They're following a couple of complaints that have been made. Uh, they're trying to identify the Black Dodge Caravan that has been found to be taking the flags. So okay. if you have any listeners in Victoria PEI, do keep an eye out. It's not nice. It is, It is. you know, these businesses are taking efforts. These people who maybe identify with that community are putting them up in their home and someone feels like they have the right to go around and take their property and uh, interfere with their, their businesses. And that's not appropriate at all. So if you have any insight, please reach out to us and let us know. Or, oh. you know, let the police know. Well, yeah, let the police know. Not, <laughs> not much we can do about it, but uh, yeah, let the police know. Uh, in Norfolk County, I mentioned also last week that a local high school um, had had its flag nicked along with a few other places. The Ottawa Police, uh, sorry, the Ontario Provincial Police is investigating it as an act of vandalism. Mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, we'll see that happen. They have CCT footage of two suspects who took the flag down honestly i mean i realize flags are everywhere but these things are crimes and the cameras do exist so well here's the thing like even though it's only a misdemeanor it would be like vandalism or mischief or something like that but it it would if you could still tack a hate motivation on that if that's what's going on so it could be like a hate crime even though it's a minor hate crime or a hate minor crime with a hate motivation so i mean you don't want the maximum sentencing on stealing a flag. It's, it's bizarre. So the, the the next Canadian story I have for you, Sebastian, I'm kind of curious as to your take on this. Okay. In 2019, the Redeemer University, which is a reformed Christian university in Southern Ontario, okay. um, applied for Canada summer jobs positions. These are typically... Uh, either fully funded in the case of, I think, the university, which is a registered charity, um, or corporations can get them partially funded positions. Um, And it's tax dollars. It's federal tax dollars to help employ a student over about a three-month period doing various roles. Mm -hmm. The Redeemer University had received the grant from 2006 all the way up to 2017. And it was around 2017, 2018, that the Canadian government introduced a regulation that said, look, if you're hiring somebody, you can't discriminate in your workplace based on sexual orientation and gender identity, which may seem a bit of a no-brainer that when you're handing out tax dollars, you don't want those tax dollars to be used to discriminate. Okay. Um, so that's that's the position the government is coming across. They said, look, this is the this is the new rule. We won't be funding your discrimination. So bear that in mind when you apply. Um, I think if there's like an explicit 
um, specialization of your place, like you are a women's health center or you are a men's health center and you want to strongly prefer men or women in order to meet some kind of a mission statement that your organization has, but then you would probably put that as an addendum. Like, by the way, we're preferring these kinds of people for the following reasons that have already been approved and we applied for charity status. Like that's, but like, that's an exception. That's a fringe case. That's not redeemer college, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's something else. And I think exceptions like that, there's a, a space for that, but I just wanted to acknowledge that and say, yeah, but this is not this situation. Like, I think there's a time and a place. So in 2020, uh, Redeemer College uh, clarified in some media interviews that their issue was specifically about uh, the section around reproductive rights and how that differs from the university's views. And I believe that the federal government has since then rolled back a lot of that wording and the federal government now requires that uh, no, the funding would not be used to undermine or restrict the exercise of rights legally protected in Canada, and mm-hmm. also that anyone using this funding has to provide a safe, inclusive, and healthy work environment free of harassment and discrimination. So it's interesting because the Redeemer College asked for a whole bunch of positions to be fully funded by the federal government. Right. Um, but also refused to sign on to this agreement at the time, uh, which would have prevented just, you know, discrimination and enforcing their some of their more religious conservative policies on the people mm-hmm. hired. Yep. So that's that's sort of where we end up. Now the uh, there was a court decision, they won a court challenge recently, um, and which found that the federal government had actually not quite followed a fair procedure okay and i think this is interesting because the the courts haven't decided whether or not you can not choose to not give somebody federal grants based on whether or not they intend to discriminate with it but rather you can't change your mind on it based on the procedure that's not particularly fair or equitable Um, It seems like the granting officer took one look at the university, Googled them, was like, oh, no, and uh, passed it up the chain to various people who then Googled them, went, oh, no, and, uh, you know, in the end decided against funding them. Um, They found some policies which may or may not have applied to these hired positions. Um, And all in all, the courts are like, this is, it, it frankly wasn't fair, regardless of whether or not the charter question isn't one they're answering. Mm. The decision process wasn't fair from what just, the government should have done. It's a bureaucratic issue. That like, it if you, absolutely is a bureaucratic issue. If you want to apply these new standards next year, that's good. That's fine. But you can't retroactively apply a new thing to cancel out someone who found a loophole that your dum-dums who wrote your policy forgot to account for. That's basically what they're saying. Like from from a bureaucratic policy and, and, you know, that that kind of thing perspective. um, Yeah, you know, fair enough. They uh, they fail to cover all their bases. And that's what happens. You know, just do better next year. Um, Yeah. Well, I'm going to read a quick quote here from the judge uh, who says, and I quote, there appears to be no attempt on the part of ESDC, this Economic and Social Development Canada, to reasonably assess the application based on the content of the application itself Mm -hmm. or the evidence it collected. 
Um, and it goes on to say, if the concern of the decision maker was that Redeemer discriminated based on sexual orientation, there was no contemporaneous evidence of that in the file. Essentially, they've assumed the Redeemer University would discriminate uh, and not hire someone that was gay, for example, or mm -hmm. actively gay, having sex in their free time. Um, <laughs> however, you know, as opposed to non-practicing gay, <laughs> but I, I, I say that because there is a distinction there in, in, in some, some folks of faith. Um, but the point of the matter is there was no evidence that showed that Redeemer would or would not have done that. Yeah. So the rejection was made on assumptions. So I'm of two minds. I think Redeemer University had every right, and I think this decision was correct mm. in you know, rewarding the, the legal fees and so on to Redeemer University because of it, because those decisions were not made fairly in the bureaucratic fashion that they right. should have. The question of whether or not somebody should be given federal grant money who may then discriminate against those for whom the grant money may be used to hire, mm. that is a thorny issue. Because yep. then you're looking at the competing rights of freedom of religion versus freedom to not be discriminated against in terms of eligibility to be hired and for work. Right, so yeah. They didn't touch that topic, but it is a, it's a thorny issue that still remains to be addressed. Well, I mean, my favorite example that I keep coming back to, I don't know why, but I, I for some reason keep coming back to the Orthodox Polish Community Center as a concept. Not that there's any one in specific that I'm thinking of, but if you were um, the, the, the director or the head of management or whatever for the Orthodox Polish Community Center and somebody applied to work at your community center and they were not ethnically Polish and they did not speak Polish, and you didn't hire them, would that be considered discrimination? Well, it's a community center, you know, the, in the very least, you should speak Polish. If you don't speak Polish, or let's say you do speak Polish, but you're not ethnically Polish, is that fine? Like, eh, are, do you want an accountant or do you not want an accountant? You know, the, it kind of, it gets complicated, you know? Um, and I, I think that there are always exceptions to be made, but those exceptions should also be tempered. So like, I know that there are a lot of uh, uh, Jewish community centers that in the past have been considered racist because they only hired um, Jewish folks who are mostly white, but like there are a lot of Ethiopian Jews. And I've been to, to uh, Jewish community centers for various public events where they have like Ethiopian Jews working there. And so it's not so much, it's a white thing because like in that community center, they're like, we don't care so long as if so long as you are mitzvah good enough for us everything else man woman you know european not european we do not care if you speak hebrew you're jewish you're good enough for us and i think it's because they boiled it down to like there's one exception and that is you must be jewish and everything else kind of fell by the wayside and i think for something if you're talking about religious expression if you're to say like we only want to hire catholics at our catholic center to do Catholic things, then I'd be like, fine, that's great. And then otherwise, if you say, yeah, but no women, then... Yeah, I think that the distinction comes in if you want to only hire somebody who has blue hair and blue hair center to do blue hair things, Yeah, um, but you're taking federal tax dollars to do that? 
then it then it's a whole other story because you know if I am a Hindu taxpaying person, yeah. do I particularly want somebody to discriminate against Hindus in our you know Polish center or what have you? You know, and I, I think that that's what it all boils down to. It has to be what's good for one is good for the gander. Everyone needs yeah, to yeah. be treated equally. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. It, it's complicated, though. I mean, you get into things like, you know, women's health centers. There are men's health centers out there, but there's like four times as many women's health centers because when women's health goes sideways, it goes more dramatically and worse and usually faster. Like men's health issues, they tend to be a little bit more glacial in how they progress, with the exception of prostate cancer. I don't want to undermine that, but um, they get more funding. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It makes sense. They get more funding because they, they're, women are more likely to have uh, health issues. And the fact that I'm being cut out from that, that's, you know, that's, you know, sucks to my ass, Mar, but like it's, it, it is what it is. So, I mean, I think there's a time and a place for everything. And I think it's just a, a matter of really sitting down and asking yourself, like, what do we win by allowing certain exceptions? And not only that, but it, are the exceptions proportional? Mm. Like, you know, like if, Every single, you know, Sikh temple in Canada is granted a tax exemption because they're a religious organization, but then no Buddhist temples are granted granted a, a tax exemption. You got yourself a problem, you know? So I think it's, it's about being fair and even-handed as well. Like, I, I don't think it's a clean yes, no, they did a thing and therefore slap them. Um, but also, you know, if the policies were badly written and they squeaked past based on bad writing, fix the writing. And well, to give you an update, the Redeemer University applied in 2020, but it was a bit too late. The program had run out of money, but they applied in 2021 and were approved uh, in mid-June. Okay. So the government corrected the wording in its policies. Okay. The, Redeemer, the Redeemer University has applied since then and received funding. Okay. Um, but for me, I still think the question remains as to you know, organizations that have prohibitions that do discriminate based on their religious affiliation. Mm. Um, I do raise my eyebrows about whether or not any of that activity receives federal funding or Mm. provincial funding. Um, It's all about accountability for the tax dollars. But we are going to jump to our second song. This is Fun and Games by Caitlin Goulet. And uh, yeah, you said this reminds you of lamb or beef or, or turkey or something. No, it's a, a UK uh, trip hop band called Lamb. And they were uh, they were kind of a counterpart to Massive Attack. When I first heard this, it's like, oh, because the voice and, and the sound a little bit kind of reminded me. Yeah. All right. This is Fun and Games by Caitlin Goulet. Sometimes I make myself sick with the things that I do.
Welcome back to Cancrete, home of Canada's Queer Media. My name is Luke Smith. My name is Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian, I believe you had a French story that you wanted to share with us. French is in from France, not French is in French Canadian. But yeah, um, so uh, France has a kind of an interesting healthcare system, which it splits the difference between what Canada is and what America wishes it were. So they have a system where all healthcare is privately funded through insurance companies, but the uh, government co-pays. So it's kind of it's kind of like a social safety net, and it's kind of like the American healthcare system, you know, got its way kind of a thing. But what it means is that if the government doesn't want to co-pay for something, it's essentially not allowed. And what's happened is recently the Macron government has uh, put a, a whole project forward. Like it's not a single bill. It's a whole movement of trying to get bioethics into their healthcare system. And one of the things that they've re- recently passed is they are now allowing um, IVF. So that's what's, what's that? Uh, intro, in vitro fertilization for uh, lesbian couples, also for single women, actually, because for the longest time, IVF was reserved for heterosexual couples of a certain age that can prove that they're having fertility issues. It was like, bam, 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 a a checklist of things. And everyone outside of that, you know, sucks to be you. And they've recently allowed, they've opened that up. So IVF is now allowed for lesbian couples. And they're all, they're all super happy. Um, And really what it is, is just the government's willing to co-pay. For, for lesbian couples and, and single women. They weren't before, technically, it, I've seen a lot of things saying that it wasn't legal in France and it always was legal. It's just that the government wasn't willing to co-pay, which meant that it was prohibitively expensive and you're better off just going to another country to get it done. So this is actually a, a pretty big uh, story in France. And there's a few other stories that that haven't been confirmed yet, but they are looking at how other populations are being denied treatment for or denied long term care for certain things. And I am because of the nature of this this bioethics project, I am positive we're going to get more stuff out there that are relevant to the queer population of France, for sure. Um, I had a quick story that I wanted to share about Luca. Um, The gay community has adopted Luca as its own sort of LGBT anthem. Um, I live upstairs from you? No, what? My name is Luca. I live upstairs from you. No, what? No, what? No, the movie Luca. Oh. L-U-C-A. It is a Pixar Disney movie available. Now, the director, the writers, pretty much everyone involved with the movie has said this is not a gay movie. This is not a gay movie. Uh, however, the gay community has said this is a pretty gay movie. Like the, okay. as, a, as a metaphor of these two young boys who are clearly different, as in they are sea monsters, um, and okay. uh, you know, you know, ostracized in this community, and you know, it as far as metaphors come it is pretty pretty clear uh, however it is worth noting that uh, everyone involved in the production has said it's not so we don't know whether or not this was just disney sidestepping it again or whether or not uh, it genuinely wasn't intended to be that what i think was interesting is the creator said that the characters um luca and uh, i think it was alberto were designed to be prepubescent. So they were designed to be kids where that is not something that is on the radar. That is, you know, sexuality isn't necessarily, that's not what the conversation was about. It's about friendship at a prepubescent age. 
and, and therefore they hadn't thought about you know folks being gay or whatever okay i bring this up because the voice actor um who i think plays alberto um has just come out as bi um before shouting silencio bruno for those who are familiar with the film so okay. i thought that was really quite cute and the guy who plays luca i think is a young canadian actor um i don't think he's gay but yeah it okay. was it was really interesting uh, but yeah it's this has been all over the news we have been keeping an eye on it it just hasn't quite bubbled up to us uh, talking about it just yet but what i do want to mention we have been following a story from uh, a man who has been given leave by the courts to sue uh, the Canadian Public Health over the practice by Hema Quebec and the Canadian Blood Services to discriminate against men who have sex with men from donating blood. Right. The anti-gay discrimination that the Liberal Party on multiple occasions themselves have committed to removing. Now, in the UK, the National Health Service recently rolled back its own discrimination. Yeah. And get this, they are doing it based on what you do. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is an assessment based on individuals, not on yeah. the broadest paintbrush the, that they could find. They have found that uh, essentially you can donate blood. There are exceptions. Those who have multiple sexual partners or uh, anal sex with a new partner in the last three months or with known STD exposure or who take PrEP. So essentially, if you have done these higher risk sexual activities, yeah, you're going to have to wait a few months. I think Spain is, did that some time ago and Japan, yeah. I think, actually dropped. I think it's Japan. Um, I'm, I'm going on memory here, not on on anything written down so i might be wrong about that but there are multiple countries that have looked at this and actually said you know we test the blood anyway we have a blood shortage yeah. whatever and that's exactly it. it's the there's a blood shortage well a couple of days ago if not yesterday germany also relaxed its own blood ban mm. and essentially said that uh game bisexual men or men who are sex with men won't have to abstain for a million years Okay, um, And guess what? Yet again, it is based on what you do yourself. If you are having sexual activity with one or more men, um, or if you are a straight person having frequently changing partners, yeah. i.e. higher exposure risk, yeah. um, then you will have to wait a few months to donate. And this is what this man is asking the Canadian government. This is what gay people all over Canada are saying. You know, yeah. you keep plastering us with advertising saying there's a shortage, donate now, save a life. But you're willing to paint every single gay man as this sexual hussy who's out there, uh -huh. you know, uh, it's a major risk instead of taking into account people's individual activities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is truly ridiculous. And there is increasing pressure on Canada and particularly the Canadian Blood Services and HEMA Quebec to bring their policies in line in a way that doesn't discriminate. I, yeah, no, this is overdue. I mean, we've been talking about this for years, surely. And I think the first time we spoke with someone, I, I don't think it was Gary Lacasse yet. I think it was somebody else. But I do remember it was like six years ago or something when we were still just on local Ottawa radio. We were talking to somebody and they said, well, actually, the testing is now to the point where 
there's no reason for this. And that was like 2016 or something. So, I mean, this is weirdly old news. And, and I understand that, you know, big wheels turn slowly and the government is, you know, they got other stuff to deal with as well. Blah, 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 blah. But five years is, you know, that, that's an entire government. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the government claims it's a decision of Hima Quebec and Canadian Blood Services, but people have pointedly said you decide whether or not to take the blood. So really, yeah, you have a lot more power in this situation than they're pretending they have. So we'll see how it goes. All right. We have run out of time. We will be going to be playing now with four track by Jordi Gordon. Mm-hmm. I've been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening.
revisit the mix So much I wanna fix Will you be my tip-off And take another pass at love 